Hello, and welcome to Pianotech Radio Hour, the weekly bridge to the future of the Pianotech community. I'm David Anderson. And I'm Ethan Janney. And we're here to ask great questions, and then we'll shut up and listen to some of the authorities, experts, and most outstanding personalities in our little world of pianos. So, put on your best set of headphones, and let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Hey. Thank you for joining us. So, do we need to grovel in the dirt and sincerely apologize for the little technical glitch, Mr. Johnny? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a good idea. So, I will say, I will say, <laughs> apologies for the technical difficulties joining today. Yes. Uh-huh. And, no uh, we got some wonderful people helping out on this project and and appreciate having them them on board so that we can uh, bring you something really special. Uh, but we did definitely have a glitch in providing the appropriate link. So we're all on board now. It's good to see everyone. Okay. So background noise. Let me just make sure. Everybody, please mute your audio if you are not participating as a guest. And yeah, that should be that should be unchecked. All right, sounds good. So I'll make an introduction today. Today uh, we've brought with us Chano Dominguez. Um, Chano is a ridiculous piano player that I know from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, he's a jazz and flamenco artist. He does an incredible job of mixing the two genres. He's from Spain. He's actually in Spain now um, and has been since quarantine began. He is stranded without an acoustic piano <laughs> in, his, <laughs> in his home country, um, but doing making the best of it. And uh, I can give you a little bit of a bio on him. Uh, Chano Dominguez uh, has three Grammy nominations and over 40 years of stage performance experience. As a native of Spain, his works are an ingenious and unique combination of jazz and flamenco music that never cease to leave their mark in the minds of the audience. Along with his recording and performing career, he has also shared his expertise through seminars, master classes, and taught at Juilliard, the Taller de Musica in Barcelona, and other institutions. So, uh, Chano, welcome to Piano Tech Radio Hour. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, it's my pleasure, my pleasure, my friend. I'm I'm glad to be here and sharing my experience with with you guys about the piano, about the recording, about everything that we feel in this uh, uh, life that we are having uh, with music around. Excellent. Um, so one of the things that I like to, to do I'm on now. to get started right. is to talk about um, some of your experiences with pianos, what kind of piano sound that you like, what are your experiences with piano technicians. And um, I think what might be useful is if, you, if we'll take a second and actually listen to just a couple of recordings from your repertoire and okay. what i'll do is i will share my screen and i will play some music for you from two different samples and what i'd like everybody on the call to do is 
listen to the music. Yes, it's going to be beautiful music, but what I, I'd like to do an experiment here where we all listen to it more than for the music for the sound of the piano. And if you were the piano technician working on this record, you know, what would be your thoughts? So I'd say two categories, make some notes for yourself. One, just make some observation, two or three words, a couple of sentences. What does this piano sound like to you? How would you describe the sound of the piano? And then after that, just to kind of get your brain working on it, how would you change it? You know, do, what kind of piano sound do you like? Is there something you would make, how you would make it different? Okay. And we're going to listen to one recording that is a sort of more uh, percussive recording and one that's kind of a more uh, ballad type structure. So, and feel free to put all your comments in the chat because it would really be great to kind of crowdsource this understanding of, of what a piano sounds like. Right. So I'm gonna share my screen right now and I'm gonna share this window. Oh, actually, let me stop share. I'll make sure I share the audio as I share. Share computer sound. And we'll hit that right there. Get this back to the beginning. And here we go. Take a listen to Solo Converte. And this is a performance by Chano Dominguez. We'll listen to about a minute. recording is made back in the in the 90s uh, so I make this uh, recording in Madrid uh, in 90 I remember in 95 in 95 wow. uh, yeah yeah uh, and I can tell you the piano is a is a is a kawaii grand piano it's a, uh, it's a uh, I can't remember exactly the model but it's a it's a kawaii it's a uh, grand, uh, grand piano. And it, this is recorded with uh, condenser microphones. These are recorded with condenser microphones. And, and, and I think I can't remember very well, uh, but I think that microphone was placed close to, this, to the hammers and the string because of this sound that, that you can listen. It's like a back. Punchy sound. I don't know what do you think, but hey. I remember. I remember is that is something like that. What I'd like to do right now is any comments that you have about that piano that you came up with there at home. Go ahead, just put them in the chat. You know, tell tell what yeah. you thought about the piano. We've got some. It, We've got a few, but we. I really want to hear 
like a, a, a consensus. Yeah. A consensus. Let's, should we, okay, let's take it a vote here, at least between a couple of us. Should we talk about that piano first or we should listen to a different kind of style of piano next and then compare the two? Let's listen to the. Yeah. Okay. Let's listen to the next example. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Share my screen again. Okay. And this is called uh, Alegria Callada. And we'll take a listen to this one. And if required, we can go back and check those out again. But uh, again, like put your put your comments in the chat, and uh, and I think maybe it makes sense right now to just go back and and read some of the comments that people made about the, the piano sound, right? Sound good, David? Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm gonna unmute Chano. I had to mute him. He has some background noise. Okay. So not much attack. Interesting sound. That was that from Sai Schuster. That's for the first piano. Yeah, that's for the first piano. Um, that's that's funny because I thought it was, I, I thought the attack was good. But, but yeah, I found the first one. Yeah. For the first one, some of the notes I made previously kind of, and the music gives you a, a, a feel for this, but I also think the piano had the feel of sort of more biting, more progressive, percussive, more abrasive. A word, yeah. chunky was a word that came to my mind for just the, even the sound yeah. of the piano tones. Um, and what I came up for, if I was going to change that sound in any way, I would make it softer to my own personal preference. Um, but it's interesting the content of the sound of the piano used in that particular recording. Well, so, yeah, go ahead, David. Well, endless are the arguments of majors because other great, like Dice Lieberman uh, 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 says, uh, and not bright enough. Uh, I kind of agree on the compression. Actually, I do agree agree on the compression. Too compressed, little yeah, little bit. Yeah. Little, little bit I had, but I thought it was plenty bright. Uh, personally, that was my. But I, 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 it could have been more bright too. Uh, that was just such an amazing piece of music. Um, so Shai, Shai Schuster says the second piano was fuller bass. It was a fuller tone generally on that on that second recording i had some issues with the tuning but generally a good tuning generally a good tuning. Mm -hmm. um 
it's so fascinating to do this and to hear the difference. Um, do you have another? Uh, do you have another track? Do you have a more more, a more recent track, uh, Ethan, that you can you can play? Uh, let me list. Let me list the names of the tracks that I have on hand here and see what uh, if Chano has any input on which one to play. So I have Serpent's Tooth. I have Almade Muhair, and I have uh, uh, Alegria. Callada. Did we, we just listened to that actually. Oh, Retalia. 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 Yeah. Which yeah. one do you think would be a good one to play? Uh, you, you can play Retalia. Retalia. Okay. Sounds Retaila good. Is more, more like a more flamenco stuff. Before, okay. before you play it, Ethan, yeah. uh, Kevin Clem, which uh, your 1115 uh, chat room comment, which piano were you referring to? Just. Just tell me in the chat room, brother, and let's hear this. Uh, let's let let's hear this other cut. Really excited. And folks, if you're if you're unmuted, go ahead and just please mute yourself. Just check to see if you're unmuted, so we can all get a good sound here. All right, here we go with Retaila. Personally, that piano sound kicks the other two piano sounds ass deeply. That's that's an insanely good piano sound for that for that tune. What an insane tune, Jono! My God. Yeah, really amazing. Uh, so I'd love to hear the, the comments for that. Uh, you know that piano. I think that piano is. Yeah. It's the, the, the same piano that you heard in the in the in the first track. It's the same piano. All right. Yeah. In different context. Because wow. The, in, 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 wow. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same piano, it's the same session, but in, in this tune I'm playing with a flamenco guitar player. In fact, it's one of the best flamenco guitar players ever. It's, it's called Tomatito. He, he was playing for years with Camarón de la Isla. He was wow. uh, competing to, to the famous flamenco singer Camarón de la Isla. So this is a bulleria. This is a, a, a specific kind of music 
of my culture of Cardiff and the rhythm and everything is, is like a super, super uh, uh, energetic and, um, you know, um, um, and yes, I love that, that piano, but I don't know how, how you, are you listening in your house because here I am listening in, uh, through my iPad and all the sound is like it's super brilliant. I, I, I cannot appreciate the, ah. the real sound of the, the, this device that I have, the iPad, is uh, everything that, that, that uh, Ethan is playing uh, is, uh, is like super bright to me uh -huh. here. But, right. uh, but wow, that's the little yeah, teeny yeah. speaker. That's the little teeny yeah. speaker on your iPad. <clears throat> when you listen to that, I listen to all those cuts on earbuds and they sound incredible. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, they're, they're beautiful, um, definitely. The sound's so, coming through. And the yeah, sound, by yeah. the way, Chano, just so you know, the sound that I'm sending out to the people who are listening, um, it's coming through directly from my computer, that sound. So it should come through pretty high quality. Yeah. And if you guys are at home wearing earphones, if we do end up playing another a track, you should uh, get a pretty high-quality audio through, through headphones. Okay, okay. So two things, Ethan. Kevin Clem says about the first recording of this piano, that it almost sounds like the way they mic'd Oscar Peterson's piano, percussive and close microphones. That's what I thought, Kevin. Yeah, that it was, yeah. was very close and it was like, bam, it did have that pop. So, hey, every head of planet, as one of my mentors, the great saxophonist and composer Gil Malay said, Dave, every, every tone is subjective. Every head is a planet, man. Uh, <laughs> own atmosphere, own everything. And that's the beautiful thing we're trying to talk about today. Wow, Linda Kay, hello. It's an honor to have you here, my dear. Thank you. Um, uh, one of the great piano technicians in the Bay Area in San Francisco area of the United States. Um, uh, that's what we're talking about here. Tone is completely subjective and everybody yeah. has a different like, ah, oh, this is the tone I love. But as Chano brilliantly points out, different, you know, and how much of it, that different tone for almost every, every tune. So how much of that is your intention is kind of like the magic of your intention? Because I've seen the greatest, some of the greatest classical players I know in my house in a salon have made this piano sound different from track to track, you know, from tune to tune. Talk about the intention of that for, I, I want you to talk a little bit about that. Then I'll ask you a couple of more questions about rolling up to an unfamiliar, unfamiliar piano. Go, well, uh, well, I think every, every pianist has a different tone because uh, every pianist has a different way, has a, a different a different approach into the piano. And I think uh, we are not playing the piano with the finger. We are playing the piano with all our body. And if you, if you, if you see people playing as Oscar Peterson or Chucho Valdez, people who are really big people, they sound in the piano really, really, in, in a certain way, like a, like a, because for them it's so easy 
to to just let the the the, the arm uh, down and 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 have this big uh, piano sound, and it's completely different. Uh, that uh, I remember very well, for instance, uh, uh, um, Michel Petrucciani. Yeah, I don't know Michel oh, Petrucciani. Yeah. This this guy was a big heart in a small body, but this big heart is 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 getting out through his his music and his sound in in the piano. The sound that he got he got in the piano is really unique. And it's very different that 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 other kind of guys of and anything is uh, you you can put a piano uh, and then we we go to play ten different piano players and it's gonna sound ten different pianos because wow. of the, the the depends of the the guy who is playing and depends you already uh, talk about that, that that you have some classical piano player uh, playing in, in your salon. Uh, and, and it's completely different uh, the the tone that one from each other from another. You know it, that is really important. I think I think that makes the difference the sound, the tone of the sound in the piano is because it's, it's we are playing with uh, with our breathing. We are we are playing with all the body, but that we put the intention in, over the key. So. Let's get a hypothetical situation. Say you're doing a master class in a classroom in a university, and then you have a concert that night. And you come uh, before the concert to the piano, and it's, it's a challenge to make it mm -hmm. sing, right? What, what's, what's the challenge? What, what, what do you have to overcome if a piano doesn't sound or feel the way you want it to sound or feel and what are what what are the things that make it well let's first go about touch what makes right. the touch difficult to do what you want to do and then let's talk about that for a minute well well uh, of course if you got some place and you have to play a piano that you never played before and you don't know and uh and it's not on tune that is uncomfortable. Of course, if you have to play in a piano that is not well, well in, in tune, in tune uh, I gonna I gonna feel uh, bad. But the other yeah. thing is to have to have the, the all the the, the mechanics mechanics uh, working in in the piano. This is That's so right. important. And to me, it's so important to have ranks of dynamic in the piano so if it's, if i see the piano is not it's not well adjusted i'm gonna say something for sure because i want to have as much as i can the the more range range i don't know how to run it range range that i want to to have in my in my dy dynamic the piano yeah you know? did, you, did you have something to say brother uh, I, was just, I was just telling him how to pronounce range. You got it correct. You got it correctly. Range. Okay. That's so. So I think it's useful to just kind of. Um, I, I think part of what's great about this conversation is that that there there's always different ways that the pianist communicates than the piano technician commun communicates. Yeah. 
And so a, p- a piano player saying, you know, the, the range is important. The range of what you can do with the sound, you know, from yeah. in terms of the volume you can have in terms of that's the right. range of expression that you can have, that's really important. And that's, but that's one of those things where we have to translate, like, that's what I pull out of everything that you say. Okay. If the mechanisms aren't working properly, what does that mean to me? That means that, okay, first of all, if there's something that's non-functioning in a specific key, that's an issue, but also an evenness across the keyboard that, that from key to key, each key it is functional in the same way or it transitions from the bottom to the top of the piano, at least in a way that is consistent. And then, but the one that sticks out to me the most is that range of tone value because that, that addresses almost directly to something that we can think about voicing and, and dynamic range. So I think that's part of what's really useful about this particular conversation today is to say, we have different languages and how do we communicate, um, given the different languages that we have. If you, find a, if you find a problem in a piano, and I want you to be fully honest, how do you bring it up with a, with a piano technician? Do you bring it up with a piano technician? What's your attitude towards communicating with the people that care for your pianos? Yeah, and that's a question that Jim Pune's 88 asked, which I think is brilliant. Maybe you're looking at that and, and getting that question. That's really important for us to know. Do you communicate with the piano technician and how do you communicate what you want? If the piano technician is there, open yeah. to communication. So, and I'll also say really quickly, um, I've, I've been a technician for Chano's piano and I've tuned his piano and at least the one in Brooklyn and it's in uh, it's in a difficult temperature situation. It, it, there's a there's a heating system nearby. It's in a, an apartment building that's close to the furnace room, and so it's very easy for it to to get out of tune or different ranges to get out of tune. But one thing I appreciated about my relationship with Chano is, you know, I tuned his piano, and maybe a week week down the road, he said these keys are out of tune. Can you come back and tune them? And, uh, and then I just, of course, because that's the kind of service that I provide and I stand by what I do, I just come back and show up and get those keys back in tune. And then we also started to discuss, you know, how much of that was an issue with me, how much of that was an issue with the environment, how we can, how can we address the issue with the environment, what are we looking at there? But number one, I really appreciated that he, not all, not all piano players know how to bring that up or that they should be listening to the piano for the sound of it and to ask for something different. So do you have any other stories, Chano, of situations where you've brought up an issue with a piano or you've talked with a piano technician for a, a recording situation? And oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, the the uh, usual issues that, uh, that used to happen to me is when you go to play some theater, some auditory, and they've got the piano with the technician. Um, and, and you start to play the piano and, and you say, well, man, piano is, is a great piano, but the tone is too bright. And this is happening a lot in, because if you go to, to places where, where the piano is playing almost every day, you, you you know that you need to to care 
the, the, the sound because otherwise the sound is, is getting open more and more and more bright. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I get this issue before to play and they say, oh, I can fix that because because uh, it, that, that needs time to fix the hammer and to, to push the hammer or whatever. Um, and I found from many years ago, uh, like a trick. <laughs> I don't know if I, uh, if I, it's good to, to, to explain. Uh, please share, that, please share with us. I, I, I learned from a uh, tuning, piano tuner in, in Spain many years ago. So the thing is, if you find a piano that you have to play at the piano is too bright, you can you can put a card or two cards in the in the left side of the piano when you yeah. when, when you put the, the, the third pedal in and you yeah. you put the, the card inside and you get all the hammer a little bit back, a little bit moving. And and I I need really, really this trick trick. It's really, really good because sometimes <laughs> you go to play at a jazz club and the piano is like a bling, 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 bling. And you say, well, can you fix that? And, and the technician say, no, it's impossible. I can't do that in, in one hour. So this is a kind, this kind of solution that I really appreciate that happened to me more than the, the one. And, 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 you know, it's... it's is I, I I remember that I remember that. <laughs> so this is this is a constant paradoxical situation because the right answer for that piano technician was oh uh, the reality is you can make a big difference yes that trick works I've done it a dozen times in my career. <laughs> In a in a in a studio or in a live situation where the piano exactly. was screaming and there was exactly cuts in the hammer, and you just move it over about a millimeter and voila, oh, oh. Well, well totally it's, different it's, sound. That's right. It's a triage thing. It's not really a an answer, but it is an answer for an emergency. The real yes. answer is, of course, I can take the attack, take the the dog whistle out of that attack by, you know, even not even pulling the action, just do some chopstick voicing, either angel shot or this technique, this technique that Udo Steingraber taught me. But it can be changed, and that's part of what we're talking about: is, is uh -huh. communicating with the piano technician. I'm going to bring somebody, a, a dear, beloved friend of mine that uh, tunes uh, for many recording studios and, and, and venues, but has a, has a story to tell us about a, a classical player, world famous classical player named Jeremy Denk, who played at, at this venue in uh, Santa Monica, uh -huh. California. Uh, uh, Carl Lieberman, uh, my brother, are you unmuted now? I, I am unmuted. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I had the honor of, uh, Jeremy Dink played it uh, at the concert hall where I worked last year. And I did the, uh, my normal 2 p.m. tuning and then he came and did his rehearsal. And then afterwards I talked with him before doing the final touch-up tuning. And, uh, you know, uh, any problem with the piano? And he said, well, you know, what, what he didn't like about it, he said it was, it was fun, okay, 
but he played each individual note. And for him, the slight variation between just the, the sound of each note, he didn't like that. It's like my unisons weren't consistent enough. It's not that there were terrible inconsistencies or, or real voicing issues, but for him, it wasn't even enough from note to note, which was really interesting to get that type of feedback from a player like that. Right. So I filed that away. There, you know, I, I did my touch-up tuning. There wasn't much I was going to do. But then I guess in some way I didn't instill enough confidence in him. He said, listen, I want you to stay backstage in case I need you at intermission. And uh, I said, oh, of course, I'm happy to do that. And when he came off at intermission, I said, any problem with the piano? He said, no, no, it's fine. So, but, but it was interesting to get his feedback. He wanted a real consistency from note to note in the tonality of the and, and And Carl, do you think it was, uh, was that unisons, a combination of the unisons? And yeah, the I, think, I think, I think, you know, in a way, I, you know, I'm not really, I'm not fussing that last little bit on my unisons to really try and make them have exactly the same sound from note to note. I just want them to be clean and solid. And for someone like him, that wasn't good enough. My, my unisons weren't good enough for him. Do you, do you think it had to do with attack voicing, with just subtle changes in, in, the, in, in the tone of the attack on low volume, which is well, how I, I, I just think, you know, There's a way when you really are, are doing the final thing on a unison where they all kind of have kind of an, an even kind of uh, decay to them. And, and you know, and I, 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 don't, I don't tend to fuss on that last little bit as much as maybe you do, David. Yeah, 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 that's, that's important to me is to, ha is to have the same, what they used to call attack envelope in the you know, uh -huh. digital or analog synthesizer world. It's very important, it's very important for me. But tell me how you, approached that Carl as far as your context your state of being well I, uh, I'm always happy to get feedback from the, the pianist I mean lots of times you know pianist just says it's fine some pianists uh, you know this guy Jonathan Biss who's an incredible he actually had his iPhone there during rehearsal and string by string he sent me a text in the shift position you know the left string on this note is bothering him and so wow. I was able to go in and do like a little bit of voicing before the concert. I, I really appreciate the feedback I get from, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I would love every pianist to just say, oh, you're great. The piano sounds great. I've, I've never been happier. But, you know, that, that doesn't happen. But when people can give you some, you know, these guys are much more sensitive than I am. I mean, when I can hear the, the feedback from really good pianists, I value it. Right. Thank you, brother. Thank you, really Carl. That. So uh, I really I, feel, go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, I wanted to call back just because I don't think we really wrapped up the the conversation about the two recordings or the two or three recordings that we talked oh, yeah. about earlier. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, Chano, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us a reveal for yourself on how you like pianos in those different recording situations to be taken care of? Like, how do you like them to sound? I know you've talked to us before we started the call about, 
you know, even down to the miking situations, but like the tone of the piano. So do you have any thoughts about those different situations we, we played the music music in, in terms of what you like? Well, uh, uh, in the, the first track that you played... Uh, Solo Converte. Exactly. This is, these are uh, flamenco tangos. And these are really powerful music with an, uh, uh, I, this ensemble is like a two percussionists, like playing cajon, two people clapping, uh, um, and a singer. Uh, and in this situation, uh, I, I need a, a piano who has power, really power, because in, in the flamenco, if you, I think if you got a, like a mellow piano, you're gonna be under the, 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 the punch of the, the, the rest of the band, the rest of the ensemble. So for me, that piano should be uh, with a bright tone, but uh, uh, um, in the other, uh, the second, uh, recording that you play is called Alegría Callada. It's completely the opposite because that is like a a, a, a a nice ballad, and I really I don't play strong in the in the keyboard. I just put my finger over the keyboard, and it was playing really really soft. And this recording that is a different recording. This is a Yamaha Grand Piano. It's not at the Akaway, and and this recording with a uh, uh, with a um, large di diaphragm condenser microphone, uh -huh. the U87. It's pretty different than the other, that the other was, was recording with a, a small diaphragm condenser, like a TPA. So the, the, the sound is completely different. It's more mellow, it's more warm sound uh, with the U87. And, and, and they, I remember very well, they put it out of the piano, not into, into the string. So you got a, a more ambience, more uh, harmonic uh, uh, quality because of the placement of the microphones. So this right. is the difference in, in these two uh, recordings that, that I, I really remember that we, we did. So. It, it depends what, what, what kind of uh, ensemble you have, uh, what kind of music are you recording. Probably you you want to ask for more, more punch on the piano so to get more brian in the piano or to get more. You know that I like like a mellow tone in the piano. I, 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 I don't like when the piano uh, is sounding really, really like screaming. If, if you are not uh, uh, pressing with a heavy, heavier, you know? Right. So uh, your, your kind of ideal tone is mellow at piano and mezzo, and then brighter at forte and double forte. Uh, exactly, exactly. You explained so well that this is the point. I love the mellow sound of the piano, but then when, when you play harder, uh. it's... This other 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 feeling, other sound, and right. this is because you, you get a, a, a more range, more dyna dynamic, and, and this is about all in the piano because you don't have 
you don't have other things that your finger and, and your dynamic to, to, to get the sound and to get the music. Uh, so, so as much as you can have a, a good sound in the piano, like a mellow uh, when you play soft and then uh, stronger when you play, when you play right. more bright, that, that's it, that's it. So I want everybody that's here to listen to this. This is the golden tone that we talk about. Uh -huh. Pretty much every pianist that I've ever worked with, and that's a lot of them, and probably the 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 you know <clears throat> the other people, some of the other people on here that have done hundreds and hundreds of concerts for artists would say the same thing. Pretty much every pianist wants all of the same qualities, uh -huh. mostly. They want sustain, they want the piano to feel like the melody sings out over the rest of the piano. They feel like they can, their left hand and right hand is balanced. And it's really only a matter of where that attack, that brilliance comes in, right? Some people want it to come in just right above mezzo forte, you know, that uh -huh. brilliance. Other people who have a different tonal sensibility wanted to come in like mezzo. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. they want they they want they want some higher partials at a at a softer tone. But the vast majority of players that I know want that warmth, that golden amber tone through mezzo, and then uh -huh. when you so that they can play a mezzo passage, but when they uh, when they when they when they play one note that they want to emphasize, bam! Then it's and they play that forte or double forte. Then that breaks into this brilliance. You can hear the higher partials. You can exactly. hear that that kinesthetic pop. Like that's another thing. Uh, pianos pianos can be warm and beautiful at low volume. But if they don't, Chano and I were discussing this before the hour started, if they don't have that pop at volume, at, at, at forte, if they don't, if you can't almost feel that percussive pop, ping, yeah. something. Yeah. Real pianists don't like that, either, either classical or jazz. They're like, I can't go any place with this piano, really. You know, yeah. that's my experience. So I know we all love that mellow tone, kids. <laughs> yeah, I know we do. We just do. But understand that on a stage or in a recording or for somebody who's, whose talent is way bigger than yours in terms of getting the, the dynamic expression out of a piano, they want that big palette of, of sound. And that's the mark of a truly good piano technician that can make a set of hammers do that thing. Yeah, yeah. So Ethan, uh, we so have- So can I, I have a, follow, a yeah, follow up to that, you know, sort of the inspiration for doing an episode like this is the masterclass that we did with piano technicians masterclasses with Sally Phillips who was actually recommended by, by David to bring on as, a, as one of our instructors. And she, and I believe somebody else 
Katz had brought this up with me previously. When she's going to work on a piano for an artist that's coming to her stage, she will listen to recordings of that artist and to try to understand what kind of piano tone that they like. And she's very explicit. And she says, you know, try to find a recording that's not out of their control. You know, ideally it's one that they created that recording because they'll have some control over the piano. There might be some situations where they're just playing at a venue and it's not actually what they, they wanted, but they just kind of ended up with it. Um, but I think in addition to what you're saying, David, of this, there's like a general, general thing that you want to strive for, for this range and you want mellowness and at the quiet end and you want brightness when people are playing loud. There's also these individual nuances between what a particular pianist might need. And I, I feel like I didn't realize that when we we're ha having Chano on, but he's a very special example too, because of the type of music that he plays, like listen to how percussive the piano is at, on those, you know, flamenco rhythmic type of pieces. And it's, it's, it's different. It's different than a different type of pianist. And so if you want to do, if you wanted to prepare for a recording for Chano, you'd have to think, okay, is there a ballad in here? Is there a percussive piece in here? And the percussive piece, it's almost that the rhythm, it doesn't supersede the tone, but it's, it's almost like the tone needs to support the rhythm more than just take a back seat. Um, so yeah, I think it's very interesting to just start thinking about pianists this way listen to their recordings think about what's their particular style what do they need from their instrument so i just wanted to follow that up with your sort of general statement david um anything did you have something you wanted to move to next david just uh uh shy schuster had a question what approach can a technician take when they're not sure exactly what the pianist means when they're describing a problem that mm -hmm. Is a great <laughs> that is a great question because well let's just let's just kind of pinpoint Chano. I don't think Chano knows a lot about how that uh, the internal mechanism of a piano works, and he's in the club with about ninety six or seven percent of all professional pianists. They don't really understand how the instrument works. So there's a nomenclature issue. There's a, there's a, you know, what do you call it? You know, I can't play soft. Every note is different. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? To me, it means that the aftertouch is different, too deep, something uh -huh. like that. That, that little bump at the end of the key channel, you know, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I know, I know. Well, I know that when you play soft, you play off that bump, right? You, yeah. you, that's, that's huge for you. Well, most piano technicians don't know how to talk about that. I mean, most piano players don't know how to talk about that. So you have to almost be like a telepathic translator in a way. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta be diagnostic enough to know. Wow, yeah, they're talking about that. Or you, you can't be afraid of the artist. Uh, I know when I was first on the chat rooms, somebody'd bring up, "Oh my God, I had this guy at my place that I, you know, do tune for for concerts, and he, 
wasn't satisfied and you know there was a whole bunch of responses yeah yeah artists and you know kind of almost like an adversarial position and brothers and sisters this is not our purpose in life our purpose <laughs> in life is to serve the power of music these guys are freaks of nature that know how to conjure magic well no matter what genre they play in if they're really good players they're dance they, i can understand you know, right they, i can just uh, be be in awe of it so the more questions you ask the more you're like a doctor really and just patiently like a good doctor who's got all the time in the world for you you know uh -huh. ask them ask them what do you mean be at the piano and say show me show me what you're talking about uh -huh. don't be afraid of an artist they they're they're on your side and you're their servant yes yes agree completely agree so uh, i'm curious and you don't have to have anything at the moment but you know you've got yeah bunch of piano technicians on one call here um among us some of the kind of most uh, committed folks in the industry do you have any questions for us like <laughs> yeah any any mysteries of the piano or how to communicate something or i don't know we got we got a bunch of stuff we can crowdsource for you no pressure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something you want to say to piano technicians in general something yeah. about how they affect your life and yeah. what your relationship has been with them over the past, yeah. the past well we, we we need you piano players need to to have around a good uh, piano technician otherwise you're gonna play because we are we are players and we go to different places for playing and at the end you you go to the station you play uh, no matter the, the way that the piano are, but you you try to fix the the, the problems that you see when you you go to to make the sound check. But I tell you, I make a lot of sound check with bad pianos, and then when I go to the stage to play, every piano is a great piano. Any <laughs> piano is a great piano if you got the inspiration. And this is another another thing. Uh, think about the, the musicians, for instance, in Cuba, who 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 grow grow up playing really 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 bad acoustic piano because they don't didn't have uh, uh, the, the, the 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 access the, the access to to have uh, uh, new pianos, a good piano, and or even have, even good piano. We have one of the, the, the best piano players in the world, and they grow up playing really bad pianos and, and tune pianos. Uh, and you know, at the end, it's the musician who, who, who makes the piano sound in a, in a way. You can have the, the best piano in the world, and if you are a bad musician, the piano is going to sound terrible. And you can have a bad piano, but if you are a, a good musician, you're gonna have a, something, something in your hand. Wow. I think, I think that, I think that at the end, you know, when you go to the stage for playing, you can ask, you can, you can be really, really 
really tricky in about the uh, I, this note is not the same that the, the other one the, the the aftertouch is not the same but then when you go to the stage to play you go to play and that that's, that's right. it and, and and i remember having a lot of uh, uh, sound checks uh, bad sound checks with the uh, technician trying to fix things and then when i go to play they forget about everything and just playing and it was amazing playing with the piano so at the end uh, we we can ask for many things but you you have to you have to you have to and this is a proof every day that you go to play on, on a different piano and you have to to get your own sound and you have to uh, and that's it wow i've said this for a long time and i've 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 experienced it myself I think one of the greatest jazz players in the world lives right here in Los Angeles. His name is Tamir Hendelman. And I've heard him play on dozens of pianos. I've heard him play in house concerts with shit pianos that yeah. were like not, to, not, not tuned to certainly to my standard or anywhere near it. And who were little, you know, five foot, four inch. And he made that piano. You, nobody in the room knew the limitations of the piano except me and yeah. I, it almost overcame you know my <laughs> critical ear it's amazing so that's a humbling thing for this yes. room full of piano technicians to to take in that look you guys have the amazing ability to shift your attitude so that when you go on the stage you are making love doesn't matter what kind of what kind of nasty you know a date for that night shows up you got to make love to it, right yeah yeah that's that's the thing that i want everybody to take away art is beyond craft exactly. but absolutely true <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree completely agree Dave. yeah and that happened to me many times that happened to me. This this feeling that you are you're gonna play in a shit piano, and then when you play it, you you get fun, and you don't remember that that was a shit piano. That was a fantastic piano because <laughs> I have a piano for playing, and this is fantastic. This is, is you know that's it. I, I I always go to the stage with this with this feeling. You no, know? I I have to play. I have to enjoy. And I had to make enjoy the, the audience. And I'm gonna play. It doesn't matter if the piano, the after touch, touch is not well done, or, or the tuning is not perfect, or you have to play, or if it's too bright, or if it's too too mellow, you have to play at the end. And, and that's it. And 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 I and I started to play uh, as I say. Uh, many many sound checks with a shit piano, and then when I when I ended the concert, I thought, "Well, that piano is nice. You can play on that piano. You can make music. You can make love. You can you can share your feeling with the people through this piano." So, I really appreciate. <laughs> hey, Chano, this has turned into one of, I think, the best dialogues we've had. And I'm really, 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 really happy to meet you and to hear you. And we'll have you back another time. 
for some other continuation of this dialogue. Uh, oh, Henry, anytime. Oh, thank you, brother. Anytime. Thank Dad, you very much. It's a, it's a big pleasure to meet you. And thank you, Ethan, to, to make this happen. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm glad, man. I'm here. I'm here anytime. Anytime. Right. Really, really, really great to meet you. Great to meet and, and starting my experience with, with you guys. Um, and, um, yes, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Take care, everybody. Take care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds Ethan, good. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, we we'll just well we put the feedback link in the in the chat there. So if anybody wants to uh, provide your feedback for this particular episode, we'd love to hear your feedback. And um, you know, all those people on this call and, and spread the word to your friends. If you have a pianist that you have a great relationship with, and you want to bring you know suggest that we bring them on Piano Tech Radio Hour to help us you know talk about the communication between pianists and technicians, I think it's a really great and and. And it's a wonderful opportunity that we have in this format to, because we can't always ship a great pianist into a convention or something and have them talk for an hour. And, and we can't ship everybody's, you know, favorite client into, to uh, have them talk to everybody, but here online, we can bring in so many interesting voices and this particular topic communication between the pianist and the piano technician I mean, it's central to our careers, really. We, 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 have, we, know how, we need to know how to treat the piano, but we need to know how to treat the client and the player even more so because that's the end goal. So that, those are my closing words. Just uh, appreciate all you that have been here. And I think, I think uh, it shows your dedication, your craft for being involved in, uh, in an incarnation of Piano Tech Radio like this. Anything no else to say, David? Uh, just... It's so beautiful to see these faces, to see Jim Civil. It's beautiful to see your face, Alan Etter. Just everybody I see, I just, hey, Bruce. Um, it's just wonderful uh, to, to start to feel like you have just more of a relationship with the people that, that, that come and listen to us. And I, I want to say we've heard your feedback and we're going to do a couple of programs very soon that are just an hour with some, somebody you really truly respect as a piano technician, just asking them questions. Just for nothing else but ask me anything, right? So uh, stay tuned. Uh, yeah. That's cool. it. Thank you so much, folks. Yes. Thanks, everyone. And uh, David, why don't you stay on the call? And uh, if everyone asks you to sort of log yourselves off, we'll, we'll kick you off once there's a few left. And, uh, and David and I, you can, we can hang out for a minute. But All thanks right. a lot, everyone. We'll see you Thank later. Thank you. Bye, Kevin. Have Bye, Bruce. Day. Bye, Johan. Bye, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Bye, Diego. Thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time. Remember that you can catch us live online every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. Go to pianotechradio.com to register so you can interact live and ask questions of our guests. See you next week.